hello. We've got another interview for you today. Gareth from Gareth at Keeper's Cottage on Instagram. And he's been documenting his journey from moving out into the, well, out into nowhere, really. So far away that even deliveries find it hard to get to him way up the top of the country in the Scottish Highlands. He didn't intend on having another renovation project after his first one. His first one very much put him off. He's a great guy and he's been so honest about how he found his renovation journey and where he's at now. And what maybe happens when you take on a project that you don't really know is a project. So without further ado, let's have a chat with him. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Have you got the sun up there as well? No, we we had it for half an hour yesterday, so we'll, you know, that is, yeah, you're just grateful for anything at the minute. I mean, obviously we've nothing to compare it to, but all the neighbours are saying it's been the wettest, wettest winter that they've remembered for sort of 20 odd years. We are right at the foot of Cruachan, which is the first big mountain from Sky. So basically anything coming in, bursts just there and then just gets dumped on us so we are particularly wet here which of course you don't know when you view it because no one <laughs> tells you that <laughs> yeah and you don't often ask about the weather in no. that specific locale do you <laughs> no no and you, you know up here it is so like five miles down the road again it's totally different that's crazy totally different i thing. guess with the different landscape that's just it just shows what a difference it makes yeah. when you can yeah, yeah. near these things yeah so dramatic but um yeah worst yeah. places to be so I'm not complaining and you get the view yeah exactly so thank you for taking the time to no, have thanks for asking me I keep looking at your little cottage and the views out your window and when you take the pictures with all the lights on inside and I'm like oh that's just the dream um, for those that don't know or may not know you moved from Derbyshire right yeah Scotland. yeah we would yeah we were just on the Derbyshire Sheffield border um in a place called Dronfield yeah and you move from what looks like a fairly typical kind of Victorian terrace yeah, it, property. Yeah, it was built in 1901, three bed, sort of semi, fairly, fairly standard, sort of high ceilings and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, it was a fairly standard, yeah, three bed term. And you had done that one up and then you came on to your move in Scotland. And interestingly enough, especially for this podcast, you have quite a lot to say on why you didn't really want to tackle another renovation after you did the first. Yeah, I mean, it was never the plan. So when we bought in Dromfield, it wasn't something that needed immediate work. You know, we moved in, it was decorated lovely. You know, I I really enjoy interiors, obviously, that's why we're kind of here through the Instagram accounts and things. So I just really enjoy that. So for me, it's always a case of like, I was going to paint any room, no matter how recently it's been painted or or whatever and then with the last house what happened was well this is where it all started so Paul thought he identified a wet patch on the living room ceiling so rather than properly investigating just touched it poked it in fact (laughs) and um, yeah basically then that that patch became a huge hole and we realized the bathroom was leaking into the living room so that was kind of right what do we do so we started there and went right, we'll put a new bathroom in. And as probably most people listening, if they've they've ever had a, an old house, once you start one thing, it then starts to snowball into, 
all these other things. So then we start to identify things that need to do with the electrics. And then the, the loft hatch was in the bathroom on the old house. So we're like, well, actually, we might as well move that to the hallway and use the loft because we've got no storage, which then meant that needed replastering. Then we thought, well, we'll replaster, you know, and so then the whole thing became an accidental renovation, I guess. It's just knock on effects. Yeah. And the house was intended to be a long term house. We were going to be there. 20 30 years or whatever we moved in 2016 mm. so and we loved it like there was just absolutely no reason to move apart from 2019 I brought Paul up on holiday up to the Highlands uh where I'd come as a kid and absolutely fell in love with it and he basically did the same thing so then we'd started with like this will be a retirement plan but yeah before we knew it we were here and I think Covid and various other different kind of life things make you kind of take stock and go hmm you know, there might not be retirement. Without being morbid, you just don't know. So we've got the means to work remotely. We've got, we had money in the house. So there was really, other than us, there was nothing stopping us. So we we kind of went for it. But yeah, because we we literally, so that so last January, we had the kitchen refurb. So it wasn't a new kitchen. We were using what we got, but we just had all the kind of wall cupboards taken off and we had a joiner come in and put new shelving up and paneling and, all those sorts of things. So that was kind of, that took us through January into early February doing that. We then ordered like stairs carpets, which were due to be fitted in mid-March. And, and yeah, the estate agent took the pictures the day before the carpet went down. It, it literally was renovation finished. Next day, it was on the market type thing. We'd gone through the pandemic. So it was late 2020 when we were having the bathroom done. So then through all of those lockdowns, we were in various states of no heating, the plaster trying to dry, electrician, you know, and it was just, yeah, not not fun. So we were just like, we want to be in Scotland, but we definitely didn't aim for a project. So when you so when you saw the cottage then, did it look as though it was absolutely fine? The survey didn't didn't bring anything up? It's a funny one, really. So what what happened was we sold the house in March before we even started looking. And then we started to book the trips and we were basically just like, we'll look anywhere in Scotland. So we booked all these different and we saw everything, you know, from these huge farmhouses. And of course, we were viewing in the middle of that kind of point where oil prices were spiking and cost of living was really going up. And then we started to look at like, well, actually, there's just two of us. Do we need six bedrooms? And, you know, and all these sorts of things. So we were trying to rule out as we were going around. But because we were viewing such a wide area and such rural locations and things like that, you were, you were looking at all sorts. What happened with this cottage? In January, I'd spotted it on Right Move before we'd even thought about moving. And then when we put ours on the market and sold it, I went back on Right Move and had a look at stuff that I'd just casually been sort of dreaming about. And this had sold. So I emailed the agent and said, if it comes back on the market, can you let me know? And it was literally the only cottage I did that with. I don't know why I did it. We didn't know the area. There was nothing really, I mean, Paul hates little cottages. There was nothing really to say this was the right one, but I did it for whatever reason. And then as we were viewing and we'd been outbid significantly on quite a few different houses, the agent got in touch and said, it's unexpectedly come back on the market at the last minute. Um, And, you know, do you want to still have a look? So because we were in Scotland, we were like, yeah, fine. So we managed to get the B&B for an extra night, various different things. And we, we kind of went from, we were in the Scottish borders, straight up to the the highlands in scotland you get the home pack in advance so you basically get the survey as it were see that's really good i really do think that they should start doing that more in the uk that's that works same in france a lot of other places much better that way i think 
Yeah, 100%. And to jump about, I mean, I would say to anyone, if you're thinking of putting your house on the market in England, I would get a survey done beforehand. And then you know what's potentially going to get pulled up in that process. Because I just think England's awful for like renegotiating. And, you know, and I'm, it just is such a rubbish system in that respect. So, yeah, because we could look at the home pack and they score it one, two, three, and most of them were ones on the cottage with a few things like pulling up issues potentially around damp and different things like that. Well, the cottage built in 1870s, a stone cottage, we'd sort of anticipated that. When we viewed it, it had been empty. We didn't know how long for, but it was empty. And, you know, not really touched for what you'd sort of guess about 30 years, if not more, looking at just like kind of the fixtures fit in carpet. So it was a little smelly and a little dusty. <laughs> uh, on viewing it, the location really struck me because it was the part of the world we wanted and it had that kind of traditional Scottish cottage look. So everything else we'd been viewing was nice, but they were different. They weren't quite where the dream started. So this was, but Paul couldn't see it. He he was kind of like, it's a little cottage. Don't know the area. It looks like it needs a ton of work. And I'm like, it's perfect. You're like, but it looks like, what's that film with Cameron Diaz? and uh, Holiday. Okay. Yeah, That's what it makes me think of. It was a strange one because it was a miserable day. It was like so far. You couldn't really see what was around you. But there was just something. There's just a charm with it. I don't really know what we looked at because we didn't know there was the views across the road. We didn't know there was a mountain. It's it was it was a very strange. But I think for me it was that we've got the river in the back and the conservatory, and all I ever wanted was a conservatory. So that literally swayed it for me. I was like, yeah. Do you know what? I mean, I know yeah, you can put that on any house, but it was there, and I don't know. It was just something. It was very strange, but I think we knew it needed work. It was just something about it that drew us in. So what was the main thing, going back briefly to your last place, what was the main thing about that project that sort of put you off initially wanting to do anything like that again? I think it's because we aren't massively skilled, if I'm being completely honest. We were still quite novice as well. So all of it looked a little bit horrifying when anything when it, when anything happens. We've obviously kind of gone through that and gone, do you know what? Anything can be fixed. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was filthy, obvious. And we were living in it. And we'd had two Christmases where, I mean, there was pictures of one Christmas with the saddest looking Christmas tree you've ever seen in this room with no radiators and bare plastic. Oh, it was like we all Christmas. still try, <laughs> regardless yeah. of the state that the house is in. It's like, I will have a tree. Yeah. I will get Christmas to this house. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It was just, it was that it was filthy and cold. And, you know, I was working from home permanently because of the lockdowns and there was just, I think all of that left such an impact on it. And then, of course, the money, just how much it costs to do everything and anything, especially if, like I was saying, we, we're not, we don't have a trade. There's, you know, we could we can decorate and we can do bits and the stripping out anything that's kind of like destroying stuff we can do. But we are really reliant on getting other people in to, to do things. So I think it was just that almost, I don't know, that kind of perfect storm of all these different things that just went that didn't feel nice like I just didn't enjoy that at all (laughs) and um, we want to go out at weekends and see places and do stuff and I don't want all my clothes to constantly feel grimy I don't want to constantly feel grimy and I think that was it we've not got the budget to buy a place and rent a place so we we know we've always got to live in whatever we're doing and we've got two little house cats as well and they're really really tolerant of us but we were just like oh those poor little things that have to go through renovation we don't want to put them through it again 
Well, I almost lost my cat when they took the floors up in ours. I almost look, she likes going in any sort of hole. So at one point, I thought the builders had like sealed her in under the floor because <laughs> I couldn't find her. And I was like, she's goddamn climbed down there, hasn't she? And they put everything back. It was like my constant fear. I'd wake up in the night thinking, can I can I hear meowing under the floor? Um, but yeah, it's it's hard on the animals. I also remember going from being out because obviously when you've got a crappy situation at home with all the dust and everything and you go to someone else's house and then you know you've got to go home yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you go home to a dark cold you know house i think the thing was as well because we were at the time like with the bathroom which is what kicked it all off our, our area had just gone into whatever the highest tier was so it was when they weren't doing full lockdown but they were tearing it so we went into effectively a lockdown again, which meant that gyms were closed, so we couldn't use the shower. Um, we couldn't go and visit parents or even neighbours just to wash. So what we were doing is like, we were just having to wash in the kitchen sink before and after work, you know. And, yeah. you know, and like I say, we've got two cats just watching us. and it, it, Yeah. <laughs> It was just horrible. Yeah, you really didn't have an easy time of it. <laughs> you know, and, and it, it, we we're massively privileged to be in a position to to do that. I do completely understand, but it was just thinking about that winter, those feelings, or two winters where we were kind of going through the different work. Yeah, it wasn't for us. It wasn't for us at all. So then, with the cottage now, uh, mentioned that you're sort of trying to make good, best as you can, without blowing the budget and going like full reno mode yeah Uh, so what sort of what does that mean for you what do you feel are the things that you know if someone's in a similar situation and they're looking at properties for example what for you are the like yeah we can deal with this this doesn't feel like a full scale load of works and it can be done easily fairly quickly fairly affordably rather than going the whole hog I mean, we've learned loads from the last renovation, which I think helped. So what we've said here is, right, there's certain things that we need to know are safe, basically. So are our electrics safe? So we've had an electrician come out. He's had a look. He's like, look, you've got an RCD, which means you're going to trip if there's any faults. You're all right. We're going to get a full safety check done just so that... If basically so we can see what the picture is. So we're going to get, we're going to get the electricians out. We're going to get that checked over. We are going to get a roofer out to come and have a look just because it looks like it's the original roof still. We know that some of the timbers up there are potentially damp, woodworm, all those sorts of things that's just normal and can, you know, isn't a big deal. And we did speak to the surveyor for this house as well because, I mean, we are in the area where everyone knows everyone. And mm-hmm. the surveyor, of course, just lives down the road. But um, it's handy in this. It's really handy. And then he'll just come around for tea and he can just tell you, you know, what you need to know without paying him. (laughs) The poor guy only knocked on the door to offer me like a polytunnel or something. I was like, oh, you you say you're the surveyor. Could you just talk to me about the uh, the timbers that you mentioned? Um, But yeah, so they're like the kind of two key jobs because we're thinking, right, well, actually, as long as we're watertight and we know that's safe, then then that's great. We've obviously spotted things as you do when you start living in here. So we aren't mains drainage or anything like that. And there's a few issues with some of the connections up towards the top of the house. So again, we're going to get that that done as a, as a first job. And then once that's fixed, that's fixed. We can start landscaping over it. Perfect. So that's that's kind of our approach is, right, what what learning about the house, I guess, and what what's the essentials, what, what's, you know, potentially going to be really dangerous. Then we've got 
the the two sort of gable walls on the front original part of the cottage are both stone walls they're beautiful features they need to stay but of course stone cottages are damp so it's kind of how can we restore that and make sure that we're keeping the damp out but in a way that's respecting the building in a way that's allowing it still to breathe so scotland's great it's got loads of resources for historic houses and restoration so basically i'm just doing a load of research around the fundamentals like the bones of the building as to make sure right this is what we can do I think the other thing for us is, you know, we've got the front of the cottage, which has got the two downstairs reception rooms, two bedrooms upstairs with en suites. Then you've got a newer, so whether it used to be the outhouses or something on the back, and then a conservatory right beyond that, there's potential for a second story going above the extension. Then there's a kind of higgledy-piggledy kind of layout of bathrooms, utility rooms, kitchens that that aren't sort of modern day living. They're not designed in that sort of way. So we actually don't even know what we want to do. So basically we are just going to paint over, paint over strange plaster. You know, we've had all the carpets ripped out because they were very stinky. Um, We've patched holes where there's been leaks. We've repaired leaks where, where it's sort of shower seals, that sort of thing. They are jobs that we can do. And then it is aesthetics, which I know can sound a little bit superficial, especially to the kind of renovators and that renovator audience on Instagram, which is why I try and carefully say that we're doing a cottage revival rather than a cottage renovation, because I could oh. see a few people getting upset that that's not a renovation, that's just paint. Totally. Yeah, but also having said that, anyone that's doing a renovation or has done a renovation knows full well that like making something look aesthetically pleasing again um you know a hides a multitude of sins obviously but also just like gives yourself give yourself some feeling of like oh my god like you're saying at least this is looking nice now even if yeah. it's the smallest smallest area you know yeah that's it and I've had it's quite interesting whenever I put little pictures up on certain rooms that aren't finished yet or that are part of a collaboration so I need to just kind of wait until there's an angle that's good enough for that to you know because obviously you're working for them and you want you want to do the best with it and you'll put things up and somebody will be like god I hate those tiles around the fire or I hate that fire but like, yeah we do too but we've got no money like you've just got to live with what you've got and that, that I think is the thing with Instagram as much as I love it and it's given me loads of opportunities that you know this is a little cottage in rainy Scotland right like you don't get a lot of daylight so the photos don't do it justice but when you're in it actually this is the thing it's more about of what what it feels like to live in than what it presents like on Instagram for me you know it it, it does feel cozy it does feel hours now painting a room changing the carpet and then just your things your bits the bits that you've collected make it feel like a home even though you know that ceiling looks a bit wonky or whatever you know I've got a light that needs a hook in a ceiling to put it up and I'm just not doing it yet because I just don't trust the ceilings enough but they're all right for paint that kind of thing and it's just knowing what you can do and we've kind of almost gone round now and done a full paint job on nearly every room the kitchen's going to be next the, the units are solid it just seems a shame at the minute to tear out something that could serve us for another five ten years with cosmetic upgrades while we really think how yeah. do we want to live in this space? Well, that's where I think paint is so good. And like a million decorators, like me included, if I'm stood in someone's house, I'd be like, you know, you've got all wallpaper there. You can't paint over it. You've got to rip it all down. You've got to replaster. La, 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 la. But in truth, 
like obviously we say it as professionals because we don't want anyone turning around to us and being like well that's a shit finish and you're like well <laughs> you might get a bit of a shit finish but there's always the like I've painted over wallpaper a million times in my own homes yeah and it's been fine but you don't know until you start painting over it and so if it's your own decision and it's you're you're doing it yourself and you're like well let's just do it and see what happens and it's probably going to even if there is a bit of peeling or a bit of whatever it's going to be a color rather than I don't know whatever god knows thing it was before that'll make me feel much better about it and it's going to cost me what 50 quids worth of paint and and a weekend yeah. rather than re-skimming this that and the other then i'm i'm all for that and it really feels well. like it, it's helping us bide our time because now the rooms the, the way we're kind of running the cottage as it as it were is that of the two front reception rooms so they're like where, where i'm sat now was the was used as a living room and then the room opposite as a dining room and then it's got a kitchen diner and a conservatory which was also used as a dining room now there's only two of us so we kind of have the kitchen as a kitchen diner the front rooms become a little snug which we've painted in a really dark color i use this as a study and then you know we've, we're painting it we're getting the right furniture and, and all that sort of thing and it feels like home like you walk in and it's it's yours now and it's we've definitely put our stamp on it and that like you say has cost us the cost of paint plus the weekends that it's taken to do that we've got you know I mean there's got wall lights everywhere and all these sorts of things so we've started to get those changed as we've now found an electrician and so, so it's all these little aesthetic things that do mean that we can live in it and go wait a minute would that room be best used for this because I think that was the thing with the last house because we sort of set off on that 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 roller coaster, as I was saying, it spiraled from the bathroom. It sort of took us by surprise. We'd not planned on doing it, and then you get to the end of it, and you're like, "Why did I have the radiator put on that wall?" Because actually, it would make more sense there. But when you've got to make a thousand decisions at once, plus you're working, plus your pandemic, plus all these other things that were going off, I really did feel like I rushed a lot of decisions. Even things like the paint color at the time. You just had to make a decision so they could put the radiator back on because it's those cast iron ones that you can see through. And then you do it and you're like, why did I pick this colour? And now it's going to be too hard to paint again. And it was just all those things. And we're like, no, not doing that again. We are going to, we're going to live in it slowly, slowly revive it, not just walk in, rip it all out and replace it. And even just in the five months doing that, we've realised quite a lot of stuff salvageable. So even the boiler, which... I've never seen anything look quite like this book because we're all on oil, but it's this thing. I've never seen it. I don't know how old it is. I would say it's 40 odd years old. But the plumber said it's fine. Like, just keep it serviced. It will keep you going for a while. So whilst it's loud and dirty and whatever else, it, it does mean at the minute we can afford to kind of review what fuel do we use going forward? Because there's all these things as changing as the climate agenda and you think about how you can be as sustainable as possible we need time to work out how we can run you know a leaky old cottage when i say leaky it's in terms of like airs just going through all of these different places so some of the, the more modern stuff won't work but there are things that we can do and home energy scotland are brilliant and we've been working with them to sort of look at solutions and things so just slowly pacing yourself and like i say we, we don't have the budget to do to do a full renovation yeah. And also with regards to the boiler, I mean, if you're thinking about redoing your kitchen and reconfiguring a bit anyway, you want to wait to see where you want to put it even. Yeah. 
don't want yeah, to and it's, it's, and it's boiler boiler expensive. Uh, moving a boiler is quite a large expense you know when it comes to when you top these things up bit by bit you know you don't want to do that a couple of times plus they don't like being moved very much so even no, if I mean, you get a new one like if you were to get a new one now and then move it two years down the line you might find that it gets a bit upset with it and then you might have to get a new one anyway <laughs> yeah and it's just because we're oil so we've got the oil tanks you've got to think about its proximity to that because of getting the the oil through to the house and then they they do smell a bit so it's like can we actually put it outside if we could build something for that to just sort of mm. sit out of the way which is what a plumber said is possible so there's all these different things that that we can do and when this podcast podcast goes live i will promise to share pictures of all of these things that i mentioned just so people can see quite how interesting some of the things look obviously podcasts are great but if you're talking about a certain amount of design things and this that and the other some people are like I can't envision that. I think it's quite nice to show some of the stuff that we are living with because they don't get posted on your Instagram grids. That's the thing. And, you know, I'm guilty of doing that as well. We do want to put the nicer pictures up, potentially some of the horrors on a on a story or on a carousel. But actually, it is quite nice, I think, for others to go, I can do that. Because I hope for anybody else who would want to do a relocation that, you know, and I, I understand that we are privileged in that we don't have to worry about sort of children and schooling because we don't have children we've not got dependent sort of elder relatives either and we can work flexibly so there's there's that kind of privilege built into what we do and I totally appreciate that but but for others that are like us or others that are happy to move families and relocate or things that you can do it like on a on a normal normal budget and that sort of thing as well but there are things that just have to wait we've had two new bathrooms one in the first house we bought one in the last house and as we say every time we move the bathroom gets progressively worse and worse and unfortunately we've got to a point now where we can't afford to to do a third bathroom so we are going to have to live with what we've got which looks a bit sort of like a roman bath the interesting tiles in our bathroom but it is just what it is it's um but the move itself has been so wholesome in terms of where we've got to the the bits around it so living here isn't just about the house it's about the community that we've moved into it's about the connection with nature the location and and everything else that goes with it I mean I would just advocate it to anyone who wants who wants to live rurally or move to another part of the, the country or whatever it's it can be done so your your partner you said that you can work remotely and that's yeah. not a problem but did he have to find a new job or has he found a new job in Scotland or was he also able to work remotely? Yeah, so we moved really naively and I think the naivety was a good thing because it would have stopped us. So what, what we said is, because we both work in higher education, so we both work at universities, which means that you're kind of on semester time, which means you get quite a lot of downtime during the summer where teaching stops. So you're still working, but it's not face-to-face teaching, so it's a very different thing. So what we said quite naively was that we would move anywhere in Scotland and Paul would keep his job in Sheffield and commute back for that. I mean, really, that was ridiculous to think that that was ever going to be a thing. But that's how we approached it. So we knew that I could work remotely and Paul would spend the week back in Sheffield and come back up. So that's how we started with looking. And then, you know, he did keep an eye out for jobs. We had the offer accepted on the cottage. We'd started the legals when a job in Sterling came up so we applied for it got it it's a bit of a dream job in that respect and it's great 
So he took it and we're like, great, we're in Scotland. Got a job in Scotland. Didn't think that that's still like an hour and 45 drive each way on, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Still a fair bit of a commute then. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. I mean, you'd have never we'd have never sort of thought about that as an acceptable commute in Sheffield driving that far. Um, but we're making it work, you know, his his employee's really good, but um it just means he's got to be away a bit. So he's got to do overnight stays, which comes with another expense. But as he says, you know, then coming back feels really special. So as we drive, the commute from here to there is absolutely amazing. It feels very different having to to do a motorway commute or or anything like that. But it's just part of living sort of out here. Everything is far. Like you just have to get used to things being far away. So when Paul goes to civilization, he'll do a bit of a shop uh, or something like that and bring stuff back that we can't we can't get out here. You know, yeah. So have you had any problems or? Uh, surprises with things like you know deliveries it's not as bad as I thought there's been a couple of companies that have gone no you're too far up yeah you know your class is highlands you, we're not delivering there but on the whole it's fine um you know neighbors joke or joked at the start that everything runs on our guile time and it really does so I've had a few issues where quite important documents didn't come through on time Mm. Uh, which led to like my car insurance getting cancelled. So anyone who's ever had car insurance cancelled will know that you are then not very favourable to other insurers. So yeah, letters just didn't come through. They were asking for extra documents. I just want the record to state that there was nothing illegitimate there. Like it was just that I didn't provide documents because the letters didn't come through. So it was a combination of the post and the Royal Mail strikes. Which means like my insurance premiums now just kind of hiked up because of that. And they wouldn't they weren't forgiving that I've moved to a lovely little cottage in the Highlands and that this happened. You didn't send them a picture and be like, but look, but look I've, where I am. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I tried with all, but yeah, they weren't having it. So that that was the the only thing. But yeah, just stuff takes a bit longer. So you've just got to be a bit more organized. The flip of that is things like the postman just lets himself in, which is at first alarming, and then after that, quite funny that you just You'll just walk into the uh, into the porch and the postman's just there sorting his mail out or whatever, but, uh, <laughs> which I really like. And then it's, you know, you just have to plan your food shop a bit better, which is, you know, because where we lived before, there were just supermarkets everywhere. So you just go every day, see what you fancy, just grab something. Whereas here, you just have to be a bit more organised around getting a shop done weekly and don't let diesel run down in the car because you don't have a petrol station nearby or the one the closest one does open just monday to friday nine to five and if if you've not filled up by five o'clock at the weekend you've got a trek so (laughs) and so because you know they are two quite different styles of properties you've come from one to the other yeah how much um how much of your sort of style and your furniture and things did port over and have you found that transition easy or have you sort of changed a lot with the move to no it's been quite relatively easy so I quite like old furniture I do a bit of furniture painting and you know when I was in Sheffield I used to sort of sell antique furniture through through the centre and stuff like that but it was always quite old quite rustic and I quite like sort of timeless interiors where possible so not you know and I've been through that phase of trying to chase trends and buy stuff and then often it got boxed up and sent to the the charity shop because I quickly fell out of love with it. I quite like anything natural materials, uh, the kind of woods, the metals that, you know, didn't particularly have a look, if that makes sense. It was always quite eclectic. Um, but if I could buy something that was secondhand and old and either restore it or it just worked as an old piece, then that was great. What we did 
is there were a few things that we just knew we couldn't bring, like our dining table in the last place was going to be too big. We managed to sell that to the buyers of the last house. So we sold those, the chandeliers, things that we knew that were either going to be potentially a nightmare to transport or that just wouldn't work with lower ceilings or smaller rooms. We sold those and then the rest of the stuff we we brought up and we'll make work. Um, I think the look I'm going for here, again, is very similar. It's that sort of eclectic, antique vintage look. It's not cottage, that typical cottage style that you do see that I love. And this is the thing, you know, I never, I never, I really don't like things on Instagram which say, you know, kind of, what do you hate about interior styles and stuff? I think everyone's entitled to their own look. And I love so many different ones. I love those houses where they painted white and Scandi, but I will never paint a wall white again in my life. It's just not not how I fit in a room, but I love that look. So yeah, for me, it's just the stuff that works out. It's kind of warm, earthy and cosy. And so, it, you know, they might not go down terribly well with certain certain people just because they, they're not that cottage look. But at the same point... Yeah, it's um, it works, and yeah, a lot of the stuff is just the stuff that we've had. So the the main thing is actually picture frames. I'm just kind of like repurposing old ones that I found at charity shops to give a more traditional look on the picture frames because the other ones were a bit too modern, maybe. But other than that, yeah, stuff works. Yeah, I think it's a trap that a lot of people fall into with with the amount of stuff out there on Instagram and Pinterest, which are both brilliant places to get inspiration and to find what you like and whatever um and like you I I will look at and appreciate designs and trends that I would never ever have in my own place but I can fully appreciate it somewhere else and I think it is about knowing your own style and what makes you comfortable because you can attempt to replicate some other look for sake of trend or for sake of someone you follow or whatever but I don't think you're ever going to feel fully comfortable in it unless it is actually you and how you live and it fits into that and you know etc there's a lot of different facets outside of social media and and single imagery to our homes you know other than just vignettes yeah Yeah, and I think that's it I think I'd got my eye on a few people's houses at the time with the last one that I loved and I was like right that's how I want to live and I just couldn't quite I couldn't quite do it I just couldn't quite nail the style in the way they did I I couldn't quite get the right white that they got or whatever it might be and so I sat in the room and went this doesn't feel like me and and that was in the last place that's where the orange ceiling came from I was like I just need to put some colour in (laughs) so I'll just paint my ceiling orange and that kind of worked for me really well I think that's where that confidence started with working out when you want to do something or when it feels right. So you kind of look at stuff on Instagram and go, I really like that, but I know that that's just not going to work for me, pull away. Or going to certain shops that I just knew I would go wild and buy stuff and then get it home and be like, where's this? What is it? (laughs) What have I just bought? (laughs) What is it? Yeah. (laughs) Whereas now I don't, I know what I like. I do like dark interiors. I, as I say, I do like those kind of warm, earthy colours. I do like to just paint a room in the same colour. Ceilings, walls, wood, skirting, the lot, all in one. That that kind of feeling of cosy and cocooning. I love autumn and winter now, which I never used to do. I like winters up here are spectacular. But anything that's just, yeah, I kind of put candles on in the morning as I sit in my coffee and read my book. And just that warm feeling that I think 
yeah, that for me is is, is not necessarily about what it looks like, it's about how it feels. And that's what I try and incorporate now in the deck. And that can be done really cheaply, actually, with stuff when you just go around charity shops and interior shops. I mean, there's the new desk we got from, from an auction in Edinburgh. You know, it's it's filling the room. It's huge. It's the most amazing piece of furniture I've bought. And it's about half the price of some new flat pack from designer brands that I would have had, you know, fine, that look really nice. But this is my death for life. Like this is never, I mean, it won't fall apart even if it, even if I was cruel to it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Something really rewarding about it. But again, that takes time, doesn't it? To build up slowly and can't be rushed. And I think that's when you're looking at finished rooms or comparing yourself to people who might be a number of years ahead of you on that kind of journey of restoring their homes that you can sort of think, I'm not doing quick enough. I'm not working quick enough. This is not, actually it's, for me, it's hard. I'm not very patient to just go, it's fine. You're not going to get it done in a month. And also those bits that you sort of lust after and you 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 just think, oh, that will finish the space. But it, they might not be around. You know, they might not be available at a given time. And it's such a shame to, if you have something in your mind or you have something you love, none of this stuff is cheap when it comes to furniture. Unless, you know, you get a really good bargain at, <laughs> at an auction, which is always nice but it's a shame to to get something that just isn't quite what you want just because you didn't wait a while or you know and I think auctions are great places to go and I also think that having even if you're not necessarily into older furniture antiques or what have you per se there's a lot of different periods of these 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 items they're normally way better made and um, a lot of the stuff that's in fashion now that's being made anew sources its inspiration from older pieces anyway and the amount of stuff that you can find in auction like you said a fraction of the cost you don't even have to put it together (laughs) well no that's the thing it's yeah we can't like flat packs another thing but it's (laughs) yeah my idea of how i noticed actually in your email you've got a rustic edition coming soon that's a funny one yeah that's so that was my kind of furniture upcycling and interiors business that we sort of started August 2021 um I think anybody who's in any kind of interior sales or anything like that it's really hard at the minute and I think the move up here is sort of um making that even harder in some ways. So I'm not sure where that's going to go at the moment, if I'm being honest. So when I was in Sheffield, I had a unit at an antique centre where I could trade from as well as online, and that was great. I think the cost of buying from suppliers has gone up because their costs of shipping and manufacturing have gone up. Cost of postage has gone up. All the overheads with hosting a website and doing all the... I, you know, it started to, to mean that nearly every sale was almost trading at a loss by the time you put the time in to to do it. It's a really tough gig, which is another reason I try and support as many small businesses, both on on Instagram and sort of around us as as possible. I would like to do something, whether it's a blog or something, it's all figuring it out again, trying to just slow the pace down and work out what it is that, that I can do with that. Because I obviously love interiors and it was great fun just kind of collating these small collections of of pieces and that mix of old and new that I could get but um it's hard work out there and my hat goes off to anyone who's doing anything like that at the minute I think I was probably swept up in that naivety of thinking wait a minute I 
could buy a load of stock and sell it. And this is this is great. And it's uh, yeah, not anywhere near as easy as that. So. Yeah, I think that well, that's another thing about online, isn't it? A lot of things look horrendously easy, but you never really know the truth of what's going on behind the scenes. I think also a lot of people forget in the small business space, a lot of people forget to actually factor in for their time. Yeah, It's like if you were doing this for someone else, would you do it for free? Do you enjoy it enough to do it for free? You know, I think we all forget the time aspect. Yeah, and it was great. I had so much support on Instagram from friends and like really loyal followers, and that was lovely. But of course, when you've got to make a business viable, you've got to be selling to other people too. You can't just expect the same people to keep buying the same sorts of things. So it kind of started off really well. And then th- that kind of going, wait a minute, I don't have a marketing background or a, you know, like anything that you might need for this business. I've not got the skill set, <laughs> is what I found out as I went along. Which is a real tough gig, like there's a lot of lot of work there. But I enjoy I enjoy it. I enjoyed sort of doing the furniture upcycling. So there might well be something on the horizon. I think for now it's getting the cottage ready. Uh when I say ready, sort of done-ish and livable. And finding our feet with everything, you know, I'm kind of making a bit of an objective to get up some of the Scottish Munros this year and sort of build my fitness and and do that. Just sort of soaking it all in really so talking about skill sets if you could have one trade relevant skill set for this kind of stuff what what would you choose oh that's a good question i think if it was going to be anything it would be an electrician because that terrifies me but i really like lighting (laughs) (laughs) and blood sockets are never in the right place if i could do that I think I'd have the confidence then to do anything. That's the one thing that just kind of watch or look at anything and think, no, I, I need someone in for that. And the other thing here, this is back to the question about what you're finding with rural living and stuff. You have to pay for all your, like any of your trades, you have to pay for their time to travel to you as well. So everything costs an extra hour or two hours on top of the labour. I've just found, just had an invoice through. Uh, so, yeah, it would be really handy to, to do that. And then I, I guess as a, if, I, if I can have two skill sets, which I know is not the question, it would be to wallpaper because that I've got a collaboration that's due and I need to get the wallpaper up and I'm terrified. I've had it for so long. It, honestly, it's not that hard as long as you've got a big table. Right. I've got what I've bought. The, I've, got, I've got all the gear, no idea type thing. So I've got the wallpaper <laughs> place table. Got all the equipment. I've got the wallpaper. I've got the walls. I just don't put it all together. I I think a really good reel would be a sped up edited version of you teaching yourself wallpapering. Yeah, (laughs) I will do that. (laughs) And it will give everyone hope because then they'll be like, oh my God, I can do it too. Yeah, well, well, literally, if I can do it, anyone can do it. So yeah, watch this space on that front. So is that the next project on the horizon then? We're wallpapering a room or is there something, are there other things lined up? Like what's next? What's next? So yeah, there's the wallpaper in a couple of rooms, just small feature walls, I guess, at, at, at this point. Um, as I say, the electricians are coming back to do the full review and they're going to change some some light fittings over for us and things like that. And then as the seasons change, I think the projects will start to will start to look outdoors a little bit. So we are very wet and damp here, as I mentioned. So we need to get parking sorted towards the side of the cottage so that we can sort of 
park the car and get into the house without bringing half the garden in with us. And then we want to do uh, some raised beds to grow veg. Um, so we've got a bit of a veg plot towards one end of the garden that we've, we've kind of earmarked for that. And then at the back of the cottage where the conservatory is, fence a little bit of it off, have some nice seating areas, a breakfast area, so I'm going to set out the coffee in the morning. But fencing off part of it to make it dog-friendly because we're hoping that sort of later in the year we can bring a new furry friend to the cottage. So we'll sort of see how that goes. So that's the next steps, I think. But what will the cats think about that? Have you had a chat with them to let them know what might might be entering their life? <laughs> yeah, we have. They made it very clear they're not. They're not thrilled about the idea, but we're hoping that introducing something quite small and new, a little puppy or something, they'll sort of take it under their wing, as it were. And, yeah, we'll like, see. no, no, it's a cat. I promise it's a cat. But yeah, I think so long as we give them their, their space and their boundaries, we'll be fine. But we'll see. It's the sort of area you both want and need a dog for, so... Yeah. So what's one piece of advice you would give someone then embarking on a similar transition? I think if it, if if what they're wanting to do is to take that leap and move, either move just around the corner or move, as we've done, to a little bit of a dream life, I would say don't overthink it. I know that sounds really glib, but honestly... The more you think about something, the more you find the reasons not to do it. So there were there were so many reasons, you know, from from the basic finances through to moving the cats 350 miles. That that was another thing that they don't travel well. Jobs, all of these things. How, how will we feel about being so far away from family and friends? How will we feel about living? Both Paul and I were born and bred Chesterfield and Sheffield. We've never really lived more than sort of eight, ten miles from our from our network. So I know we're not the first people to relocate at all, but it, for us, it was a massive step. And there were all these different things. We've moved to a community, a lockside community, so it's a long community, but in our little settlement, there's 25 of us, I think, something like that. Um, I now do carpet bowls on a Monday night. I've just, I think, been signed up for the village hall committee there's all these things that if we'd have known how far away we were from things how small the community was all these we'd have gone no that's not the life that we wanted and actually it's the best thing we've ever done like we are the happiest we've ever been you can do it like you know it, it, it's going for it so I think yeah just don't overthink it and, and, a, and a good friend of mine she she kind of helped us with that is just take things one step at a time it was a case of it felt so overwhelming but it was just get your house valued first And then it was breaking it down into those steps. And that really does help. And it didn't feel good during the process. It was really stressful. There were lots of things went wrong, sales falling through, various different issues cropping up left, right and centre. The Just the general kind of overwhelm of it. Solicitors constantly billing you. Up here, we have to have two solicitors, one for Scotland, one for England. They charge you X amount to speak to each other, X amount for this. But now we're here. It's so rewarding. So yeah, just don't overthink it. Just sort of follow your heart, I guess. That's so lovely to hear. And I think that it's something that um, a lot of people could could take a lot of heed from. I know so many people, especially I'm in London, and I know a lot of people in London that are constantly talking about just just getting out and going somewhere with more space and quieter and slower and all these things. And I think there's so much sort of good good stuff in that. Yeah. You can manage it and I think your point of overthinking 
when it comes to moving somewhere else or renovations full stop, really, it's probably a really, really good bit of advice. Um, so thank you. No, for, thank you for having me. I think you've given people a really good something to think about because I think, like I say, we all have this dream, don't we, of finding some place with this beautiful view to wake up and your your descriptions of lighting candles and having coffees and reading books and looking at the view, like they're all just so idyllic. We're very lucky. And, and like I say, you know, we're still working. It's all those things like life still kind of normal in that that respect. But you can just do all these other things around it. And that's what feels so wholesome, I guess, is that you can you can have both. The pace feels slower, even though you're still having to do your Monday to Friday, nine to five and things. So, yeah, it's we're very lucky. Not real life, heart wellness break. Yeah. Is there a better way to live? <laughs> no, no, I, you you're know, not- yeah, I'm quite a highly strung person and worry a lot about all sorts of stuff. And and this is the most relaxed I've ever felt. It's, yeah, I strongly yeah. recommend it. Well, I'll be keeping an eye, definitely. And I definitely want to see the wallpapering. Yes. Uh, and we'll put all your links in the show notes so that people can find you and see your beautiful cottage and follow along to see what you'll be doing next. Thank you so much for having me. It's been oh, no, you're fun. welcome.